Good morning again, family. As the ushers are kind of making their way through the aisles, I wanted to um, actually call forward Kristen. She was telling me um, a, a neat story the other day that I, I thought was relevant to all of us, and I wanted her to come and share that. Um, in reference to a few weeks ago when we were talking about community and what it means to be a community of believers, um, more than one person came for, forward and talked to me after that service where we were delving into what it means to be community, what is church, saying, um, man, I, I want this. I want to go deeper. I just, I don't know how. Um, and so Kristen was talking to me a little bit about that, and I want to give her opportunity to share with you. Do you think I'm loud enough? No. <laughs> Hello, family. Hello. Um, so, yeah, I mean, com community has been a struggle for me because although I don't look shy, again, I, always, I am very shy when it comes to reaching out and talking with people, and um, there's been people in the church that have reached out to me. Just a quick, simple text like, hey, how are you? It really, really goes a long way. So I had, you know, after having all these conversations about community and what that looks like, and um, I had set a goal for myself to just text one person a week. Hi, how are you? That was my goal because... Other than your daughter? Or? Other than my daughter. <laughs> Somebody, a new person each week, you're saying? Yeah, okay, yes. A, a new person each week, trying <laughs> to text one person, a new person each week, just with a simple, hi, how are you? Because in our daily life, in work, in family, it is so hard to be able to reach out, to do that. And, and I, for I think it's my second week, I have texted different people within two weeks. And that's a huge thing for me. That's a huge thing for me and trying to be able to make like my, this is my home and my church and I can't just sit at home like, well, nobody's texting me, nobody's calling me. Like I have to make that step mm -hmm. to reach out to other people. So yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, as simple as that. Was, it's as simple as that. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> And the reason I wanted to share, like, it's really simple. It's very basic. But sometimes we kind of overcomplicate things, and we wait for things to come to us. But when we recognize a need in ourselves, sometimes we can take the initiative amongst ourselves to say, okay, there's something I can do about this. I can't solve this problem on my own, but there's something I can do to spark to be a catalyst to something. And so when we're talking about community, just those like baby steps, like reach out to one person a week. That's very reasonable and so simple to do, but it just takes intentionality. And it's as simple as that. So this morning, we are going to open up into uh, the scriptures in Luke chapter one. In Luke chapter one, because the first Sunday of Advent, our theme for the first Sunday is hope hope, the hope that we have in anticipation for Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, we're going to read the story of Mary, where she was first exposed to that hope that Jesus was going to be coming, and not just coming, but coming through her. In Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, we're going to read there, and it says, Hang with me here. This might be a little lengthy. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin that was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this, this might be. 
But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And in verse 34, Mary said, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And then Mary's response in verse 38, she said to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, I thank you for the hope that we have in you. I thank you that you have come into the world and you have changed the game just by your being present here in the world and the things that you have done for us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that um, our expectation, our anticipation before you came has gone away. And now we can look to the heavens knowing that there is more beyond waiting for us than we are even aware of. Thank you for that hope, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would help us to, to be intentional about looking to that hope and not be cutting, uh, caught up, dragged down into the old way of thinking. Because I know that your word says, the old has gone and the new has come. May that hope be founded, grounded in you and guide us, moving us forward each and every day. We love you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, about a month and a half ago, family, um, here at Graceway, we hosted um, an event. And it was primarily a teen event, but we had teenagers um, uh, all the way up to, you know, older adults and seniors involved in it. And it was an event that was called Dare to Share. And the whole purpose of it was to gather people to, to learn about the basic gospel message. What's up, Walter? Good to see you, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> it was the basic gospel message to say, this is, this is what the gospel is about, and this is how you share it. Because a lot of times in our minds, we, we overcomplicate things. We say, I, I, I don't know how to share my faith. But it's so simple, and, it's, and, and we, we want to think about it and make it harder than it really is when it's really just telling people about your life. Because really, our life, like we, the thing that we call a testimony, our story, that's a translation of the Word of God. Once He has come into us and He's working in our lives, bringing transformation, I now have become a translation of the Scripture, of the Gospel. And so just by being open with people is, is sharing the Gospel message, and that's all it's really about. So. At this event, Dare to Share, what we did was, after we talked with the kids, we did some different activities with them, and then they were challenged with an activity. So they took two hours, and they were sent out with a roadmap. They were sent out in groups with a, with a leader, and a roadmap, and a bag, an empty bag. And they, were, they walked the, through the neighborhood streets all around here, and they were collecting food for, um, for a food drive, cans. They would knock on a door and they would say, hey, we're taking um, donations for a food drive to give to the Salvation Army. Would you be interested in, in donating anything? 
And then pe many people would actually give cereal boxes or cans of beans or rice or you know whatever. And then before they would go, the kids would ask them a question that I want to pose for you this morning to answer in your own minds, not to speak out. But they would ask them a question, and what they said to them was this, can we ask you one question before we go? What is it that gives your life the most meaning? Or in another word, what is your greatest hope in life? And that's my question for us. What is our greatest hope in life? So many of the people responded well, and they, they shared, oh, you know, my family gives me the greatest hope. That was kind of probably the most popular response. And then the kids would come back and, and share their faith and how their greatest hope was in Jesus, who has now given them life eternal that has already begun and, and has no end. Hope defined in a word is this. Hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. But a second definition is this too. A person or thing in which expectations are centered. A person or thing in which expectations are centered. So what was Mary's greatest hope? Jumping back into Luke chapter 1. What was Mary's greatest hope? Here she was, a young girl in her likely early teens, engaged to be married to a carpenter, basically a, a day laborer, so not a wealthy man, but a loving and honorable man. And so putting herself in her shoes, what was her greatest hope? Likely to be a wife and have the joys of having children and a healthy family. And this, this was it. This is what was her focus. This is the direction she was going on. And she was on her way towards that in this engagement with Joseph. And then, and then she was confronted by the angel Gabriel, it says. And when the angel showed up, her life was changed forever. Her hope, her previous hope had gone away and a whole new hope rushed in when she received it. And she discovered that there was more set out and more planned for her life than she ever could have guessed before. A hope that was completely impossible and ridiculous to think about if it had not come from God himself. See, before we come and encounter Jesus and invite him into our lives, our hope and expectations are completely different from what he has set for us. When God enters our lives, the, the game changes. And all of a sudden, our expectations and anticipation for life, which is kind of like right around this area, now all of a sudden moves here, beyond where our eyes can even see. Um, I'm going to in, uh, invite a good friend of mine to come up and share just a brief testimony about his life before that hope entered. And then when he had encountered Jesus, the, the new hope that rushed in. Eric, you got the floor, my, my brother. Thank you. Uh, it will be in a second. Hello? <laughs> Is it on? I don't even know. <laughs> good morning, guys. They got you. All right, so I got to make it short, and it's not really a short story, so I don't know how I'm going to do this. Take your uh, time, man. Um, all right, so when I was younger, at the age of 12, is when I started going the opposite way that I should go. And I, without getting into details, I don't know if there's any young people here, but there are, so I'm not going to get into details. But I was living a life of, you know, doing the wrong things living the wrong way. And um, by the time 
Well, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> so living that way, living for myself all those years, um, right up until I was 34, I had kids, I got married, I was 34 years old. Um, one day, like, like Mary, an angel came to me, and the angel was my daughter, my son, and they, they all right. <laughs> we love you, bro. So, <laughs> take your time, man. He always balls all over the mic. Can I get some tissue over there? God used my kids to speak to me in a way that I got on my knees and cried out. And like that, he changed my life. Yeah. He can do the same for everybody else. And I've been walking with him for, since I was 34, I'm 46 now, so. Praise God, man. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear more, there's 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 more. <laughs> Thank you for being willing to share that, Eric. I wanted you guys to, to recognize the fact that this we read these stories in the Bible and we read about how God intervenes in our lives and we see how He changes things on a dime. They change. But we read these stories and we say, oh, oh it's, it's, it's the Bible. So this is like, you know, at best 2,000 years ago. That was then. This is now. But that's wrong. What's the truth is that the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope that Mary had, and the way that her life changed is still the same today. Our life still changes today the same way that Mary's did 2,000 years ago. Yes, the mother of God, the one who carried Jesus inside of her body, the way that her life changed, ours can change now, today. This is not a thing of the past that we remember fondly, this is something that we look back on and are inspired to move forward because this still exists today. It's still here today. But in order to experience that hope and receive that transformed life, the ball is in our court. We have to accept it. See, that Gabriel came before her, that angel, and said, this is what I'm offering. But she had to receive this. She had to be willing. See, now, in, in her time and in her, in her town, all throughout her country, everyone knew what the prophecy had said. Right? All the, the nation of Israel understood that a son was going to be born. They knew that this was happening, the promised Messiah. Right? But Gabriel came to Mary and spoke to her before anyone else and said, the time is now. The same way that the Holy Spirit comes and, and speaks to our spirit, saying, the time is now. I have something for you. I want you to receive it. So Mary was the first one to find this out, that the time had finally come. And before it even became public, she was carrying the fulfillment of that promise inside of her. The hope for all of us had arrived, and she's the only one who knew at this time, in this early stage. And just like Mary, we have that hope. The Holy Spirit has come to, come to us and shown us that Jesus is real. He has given his life for us. And when we believed, the Bible says that we were saved, baptized into Jesus, and our life has been changed that way. But the, the unfortunate truth is this. Many are walking around, our neighbors, our coworkers, maybe some in this room, 
who don't yet know the hope. It exists and it's inside of us, but they need to know it, it exists. And that's what the Lord has, has commissioned us to do, to be the carriers of this message and share it with all around it. See, until someone sees that hope of, in Christ and believes, they can't know that true hope that changes life. Jesus has to be our hope, our primary hope, the person on whom our expectations are centered. And it happens by a simple choice. Even Mary, she had to receive what God was offering. This was God's will for her, but she had to receive this. You think that God would have put his son in her womb against her will? <laughs> Is that the character of God? Absolutely not. The angel comes before her and says, this is what I have for you. And she had to respond to that. See, there was, with this, with this possibility that was laid in front of her, there was, there was a real risk for Mary involved. Becoming pregnant with Jesus was going to turn her life upside down. And there was a real life risk involved with accepting God's will in this. Her marriage, which she was promised to someone, she was engaged, her marriage would, would be put in jeopardy. She's marrying a man who promised to take her, and now all of a sudden, he's going to find out that, she's, that she had become pregnant before they were even together. Think about the reality that's involved in that. This is real life. Her reputation in the town would have been destroyed, tarnished. Everybody knows her and her family. They, they know of the engagement. They're waiting for the wedding to happen, the wedding feast that they're likely all involved in and all coming to. And now they're going to learn about this. The very things that she had hoped for, a healthy family, a, a, to have a, a good husband, those things were now put in jeopardy if she were to accept what God was proposing. And the decision was hers to put her hope in the promise or to keep her hope where it had been, just to continue to maintain and protect her image, protect her, her, her future family. But that's the decision that we all have to make because accepting Jesus means giving up the things that we had previously hoped for or the things that we had previously put our hope in. He's calling us to a new place, and he wants to be the primary person that our hope is hinged to. Our expectation are, is all on Jesus. So he comes through, and we, and we make it, or he doesn't. Our hope is all in him, not partially. That's not, that's not how the gospel message works. It's all or nothing. But Mary's response to him in verse 38 she said, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, in the way Jesus put it when he was talking to the Father, not my will but yours. This is her response to, to Gabriel the angel. And just like that, she received that life-changing hope. And her life was, would never be the same. But it takes a very special trait for us to be able to receive that. It takes intentional surrender and trust in the one who is offering himself to us. We've got to give up to him in order to receive this new hope. Give our old hope so that we can receive his everlasting hope. But Mary did ask a question before she responded and received that. There was a question that she had for him. 
She said, how, how will this happen? Now again, she knew the prophecy just as well as anyone else that said the promised Messiah was going to come from a virgin. But she asked the angel, she put it plainly and said, how is this going to come to be? How does this work? And he answered her very plainly. He said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Overshadow you. In the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God was placed inside Mary's womb. And now Jesus, this is the interesting thing about Jesus, that being inside her as she carried him was fully man, fully human, born of a woman. And at the same time, fully God. He was the Son of God. That pre-existed the conception inside of Mary. He's 100% man and 100% God. This is the God that we serve. He came down to our level to now give us the hope that he wanted us to have. So here's this young teenage girl, a virgin that is engaged but not yet married, carrying this God baby inside of her body. Her body became the temple of God, the home of God. What might it have been like to carry the baby Jesus inside of her body? She, I mean, put practically, she likely experienced what every other woman experiences during pregnancy. She probably went through a period of morning sicknesses and not feeling well. She likely had weird cravings. Maybe she was trying to send Joseph out to get pickles and ice cream <laughs> in the middle of the night. Or like my wife sending me out to get her cheese pizzas or calzones. and Everything was cheese and bread when, when, when my wife was pregnant. She had, probably had those kind of weird cravings and, and growing pains. Your feet get sore, the swollen ankles and all that comes with it. And you, get, you hit the seventh, eighth month. You, you ladies know this better than I do. I just watched it happen. <laughs> I didn't experience it. <laughs> And then you get to the end of the period and you're just ready to just, you know, you're frustrated. Just get this thing out of me already. <laughs> That's the reality of it. This was a human baby. But regardless of the struggles, it had no effect on her hope. That's certain. She knew who she was carrying inside of her and she counted it a high honor despite the struggles that were involved. This was a privilege. She was chosen by God and she would have it no other way. Any discomfort or pain, she remained optimistic through it all because she understood the mission. She understood the greater hope so she could look past the temporary discomforts and now she could focus on the Lord. She was chosen by God. The power of the Holy Spirit came on her and put Jesus inside of her womb. But now there's another scripture that tells us about the power of the Holy Spirit coming on someone. It's found in Joel 2, 28, and it says this, And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Again in Acts 1, 8, the power of the Holy Spirit, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit in whom you have you've received from God. You are not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 
See, Mary was the only human being to carry Jesus inside her, and it came about by the power of the Holy Spirit. But she's not the only one to experience the Holy Spirit coming on her in power. It's prophesied throughout the Old Testament and then fulfilled in the New Testament and continues to this day, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's, it's a hope that every Christ follower has and is intended to, to live with, the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus and we accept the Holy Spirit into our lives, no, Jesus doesn't turn into a baby and come and reside in our physical body, but the Holy Spirit, the scriptures teach us, the Holy Spirit comes and resides inside of us. And that power remains in us to live in a different way. It, uh, that hope moves us in ways that we would not go before he came to us. We have reason for hope in every circumstance because we're chosen. We are chosen by God. He's given us his Holy Spirit. And like Mary, the Holy Spirit is literally inside of us communicating and moving us in ways even that we don't even recognize that he is moving us. Even though we might not give him the credit, he is moving us. He is guiding us. Things in life do get comfortable, especially when the Holy Spirit comes at us and the conviction comes. Discomfort comes along with it. At times, we're not even too happy with ourselves, not too happy with, with others. Some days are just a straight struggle. Don't even want to get out of bed, leave the house. But those days pass as quickly as they came, and we can't allow those things to now harness us and get us down. We have, like Mary, the high honor of carrying the Holy Spirit inside of us. You have been chosen by God. And now it's for us just a choice to receive, to accept it. You don't have to. He wants you to. He's offering it. But he says, this is what I want. Do you want it? Do you accept this hope that I want to give you? See, with God, nothing that we face is ever hopeless. Nothing is without purpose because all circumstances he uses for our good to train us and grow us deeper. God inside us gives, us gives purpose to every encounter and victory to every challenging situation. No matter how dire the situation might feel or look, hope is not lost because God is inside of us. And God doesn't get lost. He leads us when we're not even aware that it's him leading and guiding us. And that's where it comes to surrender. I give up to you. You have the reins in my life. I don't know what that's going to look like, and I don't know what exactly that means, but I'm going to surrender to you, and I'm going to follow the hope that you're placing inside of me. Today, this hope is laid out before us. The hope for those living without Jesus, there's a possibility. We're being confronted by, by the, the Holy Spirit saying, I have this for you. I have new life. I want you to receive this, but do you accept it? Receiving it is, is, is as simple as, as saying the words of Mary. May your word be fulfilled. Accepting him and his life, his forgiveness, his love, and his will, and everything that he, he has for us is accepting it into our life and being able to move forward with that. But there's also hope for the believer. 
There's a hope for those believers who are feeling powerless, sometimes feeling empty. That comes, too, in the Christian life. It can come our way. The Holy Spirit is in us once we believe because the Bible teaches that once we come to faith in Christ and accept him, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. And yet, oftentimes we don't feel very powerful. Struggles and and monotony of, of everyday life can bog us down, can make us feel weak. But the Holy Spirit is still in us and still in you and wants to empower you to live differently. And he will do that as long as we allow him to. It's just a matter of accepting him, accepting what he wants for us. It's ours for the taking. All we have to do is respond as Mary did. I'm your servant. I accept your will. Come and fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit in a fresh and a new way. He wants to empower you. You are not supposed to live in a weak state. Weak in ourselves, but powerful in God. This was the boast of the Apostle Paul. He would boast in his weakness because that points to the power of God. That's how you're supposed to live. As believers in Christ, we live unto him and in his power. We can't live for him in our own power. It's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit that moves us forward. And so this morning, he's inviting us to to, to a new level of surrender so that his power can sweep in and now be the thing that guides us and it enables us to go deeper with him, that enables us to, to see things in our workplace, to see things in our families through his eyes, to see things in a new way. And so this morning, our challenge is this. This is our opportunity to surrender to Jesus for salvation and surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in us for a life of power and fullness and glory to God. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power that you have placed and deposited inside of us, and it is now there. God, I know, I recognize the fact that, man, the the situations of our everyday life sometimes get us down, and it just wants to kind of pull our attention away from the Holy Spirit that is in us. But this morning we pause and we say, no more will we live in this weakened state. You have created us for a greater purpose, and we will not miss it. I know that you lead us even when we're not aware of it. And this morning, I hear you calling us deeper. I hear you saying, tap into the power that is inside you. Make use of it. Don't let it sit there dormant. Don't let it sit gathering dust. But take this power and use it today. Use it now. Become every bit of the man and the woman that I have made you to be. It's sitting inside you waiting to come out. All you have to do is surrender to my power and it will flow freely through you and take you by surprise what's coming out of you because you didn't realize the full potential of that power I've placed inside of you. This morning, family, this is the invitation for you. We're going to break in a minute, but before we do that, I want to put an invitation out there. For those of you that may be in this room, 
who have not known the hope that is in Jesus for salvation, the hope that transforms our life. This morning, the Lord calls you and invites you and says, I have more for you. I want to give you a life that doesn't end. I want to bring you to a life that involves no more, no more suffering, no more pain. I want to bring you to that place. I'm inviting you into it. Do you accept? For those of you who don't know that hope, I invite you this morning, make that decision and pray the prayer inviting, simply invite Jesus into your heart. And the second invitation I want to put out there is for those of you who do know the Lord, you have a relationship with Jesus, you understand who he is and you know that he works in your life, but you also feel that, that, that something inside of you that you're not quite meeting the full potential of what he's placed inside of you. There's some kind of drawing. There's some kind of something that says, there's more. There's more. There's more than you've yet experienced. Yeah, I agree with that. There is more for you that the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you in his full power and now give you the, the power to see things like you haven't seen before give you the power to speak to things like you couldn't speak before, give you the power to interact with people and make decisions that you couldn't make before because we can't do it on our own power. It only happens by the power of the Holy Spirit coming on us. I invite you this morning to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to come on you in a fresh and new way and to raise you up to where he is carrying you towards. Accept his leading. Accept his guidance. And watch how he takes you by the surprise, by the power that's been sitting in you all along. It's yours. Family, don't let it sit there dormant any longer. Take advantage of what God has deposited inside you, his very spirit, and let that empower you to make decisions that you couldn't do before. Situations that seem hopeless, things that you you think you've got no power over, the Holy Spirit does and will guide you how to move in that place and in that time. Make that decision this morning, family. Father, I thank you that you've called us higher. I thank you, Lord God, that you've created us with a greater purpose than we're aware of. And I thank you for that that, uh, drawing inside of our spirit that points to that fact, that points us to the fact that there is more. You have intended more. You've created us for more. So Lord, this morning, we lay our hearts before you and invite you to take us, come and take us to that deeper place, Lord. We are a people in need, and you are a God who fills needs. So we accept it in Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you. What I'd like to do um, this morning, family, is this. We're going to break for a minute, and we've got our our Christmas potluck lunch and the festivities over in the next room. Um, But I want to keep this place as a place of just prayer and meditation for a few moments. If you are good... Uh, with God and you're, you're happy, you can head over to uh, the lunch. For those of you who want to pray for a few minutes, if you want to come forward and pray, I'd love to pray with you. Some of the, the elders or deacons would love to pray with you, uh, either for salvation or to go deeper with the Lord. Or maybe there's a specific concern on your heart that you need prayer with. We want to support you. This is a place of support, not judgment, 
or anything other than the power of God. He's here this morning and wants to take you to that deeper level. So I invite you, spend some time praying with the Lord. Come and be prayed for in community of believers before we go and celebrate what God is doing in our lives. Let's take this minute to come and and, uh, heed the call he's placing upon us. And again, if you're done, I release you. You guys, you can head to the next room and I'll see you there in a few minutes.